This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Tonight, I am uh, working from a one-word series title, and it is just something that I hope it connects with you as much as it does with me, because the word is revival. Everyone say revival. What does that mean? It means so many different things to so many different people. When I think revival, man, I've got memories of, of, of being drugged to church every night of the week for revival services. Did anybody grow up in the, in the South? Uh, I'm not sure if the North, if they even did. Anybody, anybody from the North that grew up having revival? A few of you? Yeah. Man, in the South, I don't care if you're a Church of Christ, if you're Baptist, the Catholic Church had revivals in the South. I mean, you name it, we had revivals. So uh, it means so many different things. Tonight, I want to just kind of let you know what, what's in my heart for this month. And uh, it really is not so much a session of services, but it's the condition. Everybody take your finger and touch your chest. It's the condition of your heart. It's not so much... If you've got a record church attendance for seven straight nights, because you can go to church seven straight nights and still not be revived in your heart. And to be honest with you, God can do more in just a few minutes than we can do in seven nights of church. (laughs) And the church said amen to that (laughs) for more than one reason, glory. But in all honesty, revival in our heart really means so much. And uh, I was preaching last night in West Monroe, Louisiana, and I kind of dealt with this subject matter in the opening time of my remarks. The weather patterns, weather patterns have such a, a, they take a toll on us. In wintertime, man, we throw our jackets on and we just don't want to go outside, it's so cold. And then the springtime comes and we can't get enough sunshine we work in the yards we plant new flowers for the season we we spring clean i mean we go all in we start new chapters in our life we're trying to create new habits for ourselves springtime so much fun and then summer hits and we almost repeat what we do in winter but for the opposite reason it gets so hot the heat just takes its toll on us, and you don't want to be outside. You try your best to cool things off. I don't know how your house is, but I'm so fortunate to have a good running air conditioner, and I've got good insulation in my home, but I don't care what kind of AC you got, and I don't care what kind of insulation you got. It's just hot, and I mean, those poor units are working all day long, and, 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 we, and we just, you know, you just want to be inside where it's cool. Well, spiritually, this time of year really takes its toll on us in our faith. We 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 travel so much, we work so long, we 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 got our kids are out of school. Some of you grandparents have been on call all summer long. I know two of you at least have been. uh, My my parents and and summertime, you go, you got camps, you've got uh, VBS. Uh, our children's leaders of this church, you've worked so hard this summer. Can I give you all a praise report on something, by the way? This last Sunday, 
that was not our VBS Sunday. VBS Sunday was two Sundays ago. This last Sunday, we went over 150 children in our children's ministry Sunday. And I just want to—I just want to let you hear my heartbeat. Some of the things we do around here at Calvary. We do them for our children. We want to be a blessing to our children. We want children to be comfortable here. We want children to be at home here. And I'm going to go further. We want our children to want to be here. So uh, I just want some of us to remember, just keep, let's keep our priorities right. Let's remember what we do, what we do, what we do, and why we do what we do, what we do, what we do. We do it to reach who? New people. We do it to bring up new little ones. It's, uh, so just keep that in mind as we go further together in Christ. It's, it's, it's about little ones. Jesus said, if, don't, don't, don't put a hand on them. Don't, don't scar them. Don't frown upon them. Bring them to me and let me bless them. Come on, somebody. So summertime, some of you are so tired and, 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 it's, and, and it's jumped over spiritually. And what I said in Louisiana last night, I kind of say right now, having fun with us. Whenever I, as a local church pastor, don't see someone for a few weeks, when I do see them, it's always that awkward moment because they're not sure if I've missed them, they're not sure if I've not even known, and I'm not sure if I'm crazy and they've actually been here, and it's that weird deal. And when they say, man, it's good to see you again, Pastor, I always come up with this little crazy little saying, and I go, hmm, uh, Lazarus, come forth, it's good to see you. And you just hope they laugh at your joke. When they don't laugh, you're like, oh, it didn't go over too good. But most of the time, most of the time they get it, right? What I'm trying to say is, welcome back. But that's not just a saying, it's tied to Scripture. Because in the Scriptures, there was a man by the name of Lazarus. And Lazarus died. And he was buried. To the point that there was heavy grieving, weeping. And, and, and they even got so desperate that, that they even kind of had a little angst, if you will, a little problem with Jesus because Jesus did not show up when they thought that he should have. And they, were just, they just knew that if Jesus would have been here while he was sick, he probably could have healed him and he wouldn't have died. But yet Lazarus died. And he was buried. He went away. He was missing for a while. He drifted. He was dead. But Jesus did show up, and when Jesus did show up, Jesus spoke, got to, some of you are writing down, I want you to write this down, he spoke words of life. This is not a Wednesday night that I want to teach on this, but can I tell you something, make sure you're speaking words of life. You don't want to be the person that's speaking ill. You'll, you'll, you'll shoot yourself in the foot if you're a person that's determined to always speak ill. Speak well. Speak life. Speak hope. Come on, so now. Speak hope into somebody. When Jesus showed up, he did not speak. Uh, he did not speak words of death. He didn't say, oh, it's a shame about old Lazarus. He didn't say, man, I guess that doctor missed it on this one. He actually spoke words of life. In the truest, most spiritual sense, he said, Lazarus, come forth. 
And something happened in the miraculous, Sam. Something so supernatural. Something way beyond a physician's abilities. Something that, that can't really even be understood by the natural mind. There was such powerful life, a powerful sense of life in his words that Lazarus came out of a tomb. He was the result of the resurrecting power of God. The very spirit of life literally jumped out of the mouth of Jesus Christ and those words of life became manifest in a dead man's body. A dead man came to life by the power of the resurrection of, of, of the Holy Spirit. So what we're talking about when I say revival, this month on every Wednesday night, I'm going to do my best by the help of the Word of the Lord and by the help of the Holy Spirit just to revive some of us uh, in our spiritual lives. We've come from a long, hot summer. We're about to hit the last stretch of this calendar year. It's kind of hard to imagine that, but we are. And, and I want you to be full of life, man. I want you happier than you've been in a while. I want you having more energy than you've had in a while because I know that life has sucked it out of you this summer. Whether it's been by over-serving, whether it's been by giving so much of yourself to t-ball all summer long, by, by traveling, by, by working 50, 60 hours, whatever it is, all of us need the breath of God to be released into our lives. Do you know that every single one of us in this room are, are full of this thing called air? We're breathing in and we're exhaling out and we're breathing in and we're exhaling out and there's this cycle. But before you can ever have intake, you have to have some outgo. And this month, what I'm wanting you to do is twofold. I'm wanting you to lay some things down this month, let some stuff go this month, breathe some stuff out this month, let go of some bitterness, let go of some critical ways of thinking and talking, get rid of some, some anger, get rid of some hatred, uh, whether it be from a political environment or a financial problem that you're dealing with. So much stuff rises up within us that it just, it just, it, it, it separates us from what God's wanting to do in our lives. But if we, you as an individual and as we as a church, this month of August, if we'll just breathe some of that out and wipe our hands clean of some of the stuff that we've been struggling with, we will then be ready to breathe in or to take on or to receive the full blessing of God's Spirit. But here's, here's another way I'm, I'm trying to say it. God will not try to walk into your crowded life. If you're so crowded up with all the things of this world, God, if there's no room for him, he can't live there. He wants to inhabit the praises of his people. But if you're not praising because of your hands are held down low and your countenance is down and you're, and you're physically drained and spiritually empty, man, God can't live in a temple like that. God's looking for a cleaned out, freshened up edifice known as the temple, your body, your life, your spirit, man and woman. Uh, he's looking for a new place to breathe life into and take residence in. That's my idea of revival. It's personal. It's you. 
coming to life again. Sunday morning at the 11 o'clock service, I just absolutely love that song that Mario Cedillo uh, uh, participated in. The name of it was Coming Alive. Coming Alive. Do you realize that you came alive, obviously, with your natural birth when, when your mother brought you into this life? There was a natural birthing process. You came to life. You, were, you, you by the uh, grace of God, were conceived by God and, and the blessing of God, and your mother carried you and developed you, and then you came into your own personal existence into this world that we have. But then spiritually, there is a new birth. Boy, I feel like preaching tonight. Spiritually, God is calling you to be born again. Obviously, we're not talking about going back into our mom's womb and being born in a second time, but being born spiritually. And how new life comes upon you is when the grace of God gets a hold of your life in a moment's time where the Spirit of the Lord can come upon your life and change you forever. This beautiful moment that's, it's a post-regeneration moment when the Spirit of God comes upon you and there's gifts that follow with that. There's experiences that come with that. Calvary Church, if some of you are new to our church, we're a church that was built on, we were built on in the early years. We've been developed in throughout uh, throughout this history of this church, and we shall continue in being a spirit-filled church, a spirit-led church, meaning we're going to always do some soul-searching, and we're going to always make room in our lives corporately to make sure that the Spirit of God is welcome into our lives, where He can uh, entertain and, and guide and lead and direct us. Can I have an amen tonight? So, with all that said, before I go to one quick scripture to teach from on this first night, I just want you to take out the name Lazarus. Let's forget that name. And we're going to put Bonnie in it. We're going to put James in it. We're going to put Aaron in it. We're going to put Pastor Tommy's name in it. I want you to imagine Jesus Christ coming and sitting right beside you tonight and calling your name to come forth. Because that's what he's wanting to do, Terry. He's wanting to breathe life into you. He's wanting to give you a whole new, a whole new fresh experience with the breath and the life of the Spirit. Someone say, I receive that. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles out to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13. It's a unique text for a study on this. But I absolutely love it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And look at verse number 14. What we have here is Paul is coming to a conclusion with his letter to the church in Corinth. And he closes his letter out with this. And I read from the King James Version of Scripture uh, tonight. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Everyone say, that's me. May your life be impacted and touched by what? The grace of Jesus Christ. 
the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost. Now, some of you, uh, that word communion might be kind of throwing you off a little bit. And you're thinking, taking the Lord's Supper. And that's an, that's an okay thought to have that thought there. Because that is the word that we use when we deal with the Passover and the Lord's Supper, the uh, communion. But the word communion there, a better way of understanding it is the word fellowship. Or even better than that is the word friendship. So we have fellowship. May your life be touched by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship or the friendship of the Holy Ghost. I would think that we've all tasted and experienced the love of God. At some point in our life, we are all, uh, we, we, we have been blessed and touched by the grace of Jesus Christ. But my question is, have your, has your life been blessed and touched and, and absolutely changed by the friendship, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost? Because that is the will of God for each and every one of us to have the friendship, the fellowship, the communion, the doing life with the Holy Spirit. Let's get started here. And what I do as a pastor, I, <laughs> I think my whole life is spent just around doing life with people, connecting with people. Uh, there's a word that, that we've mentioned tonight, fellowship. It's a word that's kind of, you know, it's just not real trendy. Uh, it's it's kind of dated. Uh, you don't really hear too many 16-year-olds saying, hey, guys, y'all come to the house, man. We're going to swim and fellowship. It's just, it's just not, it's just not really current. Um, I know that I'm churchy, you know, I'm, I'm churchy. I grew up in church. I, I, I even have, man, I'm so bad. Bishop Ron makes fun of me. He laughs at me. I mean, when I have the remote in my hand, I, I watch church. It's crazy. I can't get enough. I'm churchy. Okay. I love church. So the word fellowship for me actually slips out a lot. And, and I have to watch myself at least talking to students. And they're like, oh, my gosh, he's 41. He talks like he's 87. He's, hey, guys, y'all want to come over for fellowship? Uh, and Denora's like, babe, nobody says we're fellowship anymore, okay? So I have a tendency to say that word, fellowship. So I'm going to try my best to work this friendship idea tonight because it, that's really a true sense of of communion with the Holy Spirit is this word friendship. When you, when you partner up, man, when you have friendship with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that it's someone that's going to come along your side. And there's benefits of this kind of friendship. There's comfort. Got a text message today, and, and I'm not breaking any kind of confidence with this because I then saw that it was put on social media. But we have one of our young adults, a, a very special young lady in this church, that her father is a drug addict. Uh, he's an alcoholic, and at times he goes missing. And unfortunately, we are in the middle of a very 
awful situation. Her father's been missing for 10 days. And, and I responded to this young lady, a fantastic, faithful young person in this church, that I not only pray for your dad, which I am, but I'm praying that you will experience the comfort of the Spirit of God. Can I tell you one of the greatest benefits of opening your life up to a new friend in the Holy Spirit is the comfort of the Holy Ghost? Man, when you have a good friend, there's nothing like it. But I can tell you the friendship that the Holy Ghost wants to offer your life will go beyond any friendship in this world. I've got, I'm so lucky, I've got some good friends. And when I'm hurt, I call them. And they call me and they help me, they comfort me. But as good as those friendships are, it pales in comparison to the comfort that comes from the presence of the Almighty God. Man, when my family's in a, in a tight spot and we're struggling through something and we're, we're at odds and we're, uh, it's not just when we're grieving such as this earlier example, but when we're, when we're just not, when we're just not right, when we're, when we're not firing on all cylinders, maybe, maybe there's anger in our home or maybe there's, maybe there's resentment about something or maybe we're just tired or whatever it might be. Believe it or not, we don't just have a pep talk. Because those things only kind of help for about two seconds. But man, when the comfort of the Holy Spirit comes in, it changes the way I treat my family. It changes the way my family treats me. It changes the way we communicate. Because it's kind of, imagine this. I know I'm stretching you a little bit. Because here's the problem. Here's the problem. We view the Holy Spirit as this way out, far out entity when it's not an entity at all, it's a deity. And what I was about to say is I'm stretching you to see this visual because you have a hard time getting a visual of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's spirit, right? You know what I'm saying. Uh, we can go to Mardell and see a cute picture of Jesus with his beard. And, <laughs> and at least we say, that's, that's Jesus. Or we watch a movie. That's Jesus. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's kind of hard to get a, a visual. You see what I'm saying? It's hard to get a visual of that. But can I just offer you a visual? I'm not an artist. I'm just a preacher trying to help some of you come alive and experience this friendship of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit would be just like God putting His arm around you and walking with you into your worst nightmare and just saying, don't worry. You're not tackling this by yourself. I'm with you. I've come along your side. I've got your back. Now, I, 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 can't, go, I can't go out here and do this completely for you, Tommy. But I'm definitely not going to stay back here and let you do it by yourself. I love you so much, I'm going to be in this with you. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher. It's the great comforter. It's the great instructor. It's this, it's this beautiful, powerful experience that when you make room for God's Spirit in your life, man, you've got this best friend walking and talking with you all the way. Someone clap your hands tonight. I want to show you three little stories in Scripture tonight. 
And for you that are writing these scriptures down, I'd love for you to write them down and, and, and enjoy them with me either here while we do this or, or you can uh, look at them at another time. But I want to show you how Jesus' closest friends interacted, fellowshiped, and had friendship with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, chapter number 10, and in verse number 19, we have Peter. Peter is a devout Jewish man, and he is given direction. Everyone say direction. Oh, man, I hope I do a good job tonight in getting this down in your heart. Because every single one of us in this room, man, we all need some extra help and direction. And don't, don't nudge your husband right now and take a cheap shot. I'm not talking about driving and getting directions in town. <laughs> I totally saw someone right now go, you do need help with direction. I'm not even going to ask how he got y'all turned around downtown Fort Worth or something like that. I'm talking about in life. Direction in life. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Peter would have never gone into this home. But he had such relationship and friendship with the Spirit that he could hear what the Spirit had to say. And the Spirit literally was like Siri, giving him direction, saying, there are three men that are looking for you, and they're going to literally walk you where you need to go. And all of a sudden, that friendship arm went around Peter's shoulders and neck and said, don't worry, I've got this. There's three men that are going to help us work this out. Peter heard what the Spirit was saying for his life's direction. Can I just tell somebody tonight? I know we've got some young adults in here that you're, you're, you're kind of a tweener right now. You're kind of out of student ministry and you're in our AO uh, for years. And now you've kind of, you're, you're moving into YA and you're a young adult you're, you're probably in college and you're looking for a job and you're probably in that whole trying to get serious in your, in your relationship world. Let me just offer something to our young adults. There's never been a time in your life, and I'm even going to say for us young couples, there's never been a time in our lives that we need the direction of the Holy Ghost than in this, this season of our lives. Because can I tell you something? Man, your job, who you marry, where you live, how you parent at these early ages. Man, we're, we just think that that 12, 13, 14-year-old's critical. That's critical. But when you step out into that thing called adulthood at 18, 19, 20, all the way up into these mid-30s, it's critical that we do not do life by ourselves. Right. Amen. We have to have someone smarter than us someone more sensitive than us. And I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. 
You talk about a moment where we need to be saturated in the presence of God. Man, it's in these critical years of making these big decisions of who we're going to marry, when we're going to get married, when we're going to have kids, what job to take. I'm, I've got testimonies throughout this whole church of people that had one job opportunity and another job opportunity. I think of, I think of my, my, my good friend in our congregation, Chris Kane. Such, a, such an unbelievable uh, support to this congregation with a good job. But can I tell you something? He was already crossing the line into another job and was leaning heavy on that other job. And I'll never forget sitting of all places in a golf cart when we talked about these two great job opportunities. And we literally sat in a golf cart and prayed. And it wasn't just but a few days later on his own, the Spirit of the Lord said, that's not the one. This is not the job. And now, hindsight, some 15 years later, can I tell you that the Holy Spirit led him in the right direction? And that's just one example. Peter is a scriptural example of having direction. Now, turn to the left in the book of Acts and go back to Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter number 8 and verse 26 you want to know how close they were in friendship with the Holy Spirit? The Bible says here that they were so close that they could identify the voice of the Spirit. Even differentiate between an angel. Now I know, that, I know some of you are like, what are we talking about? Angels and spirit and such. Trying to get you to come alive. With what the will of God is in your life. Because there is a supernatural experience in God. That will take you places that you've never dreamed of going before. And this is what the Bible says. In Acts chapter 8 verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Saying arise and go toward the south. Unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Which is desert. But then notice. Notice in the, in the next scriptures. In, in verse uh, and the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. But notice in verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. All of us that have a child, we've been in that moment where we, it's a room full of kids and you hear your kid, you identify, that's how close you are. Or you hear your spouse, you identify. Can you hear the Spirit talking to you? And I don't say that with one of these. I say that in hope. I say that as a pastor that loves you enough to ask you this question. Can you hear the Spirit give you direction? Do you hear the Spirit of God talking to you? Because if you do not, then, then what we need to talk about is what are we hearing? Because obviously we've turned up the volume in other areas. We've got white noise or chatter or, or, or busyness of life that's, that's, that's just, it's just screaming at us for all of our attention. And meanwhile, the Spirit of God, we've somewhat, and, and I'm, I'm just using examples, we've somewhat turned that down and turned something else up. Because I can tell you right now, the Spirit of the Lord is available to speak to us. If we're willing to listen. 
And I can tell you what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us as a church tonight. And that is, come forth. <laughs> Let's move into this next part of the 2015 just full of life and full of energy and full of excitement and full of revival. And I got a feeling that there's some of us in this room that we're tired of the old summertime heat and the spiritual dragging and we're just looking for a place to land and get God's fresh breath into our spirit. And the Spirit is saying, come forth. Somebody say amen. Watch this last example in Scripture. Acts chapter number 16. Acts chapter number 16 in verse 6. Here we have Timothy and Paul and Silas. Watch this. Man, this is good. Now when they had gone throughout, we're here in the region of Galatia here. They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Forbidden. Now, now I know I'm reading this a little bit out of context, so that might sound like the Holy Ghost was forbidding them to preach the gospel. That sounds kind of odd. Well, because of the timing and direction. The Holy Spirit is all about some timing. It's all about direction. Have you ever heard scriptures talk about that, that, the, that our steps will be ordered by the Lord? You know what I'm talking about? Well, and, and that all things shall work together for good, okay? All that's, that, that kind of is built on this same truth of God's got a plan for your life. And sometimes even your good intentions are not about the plan for God in your life. Uh, even though it's good. Uh, even, though, even, though he, even though it might make you feel good. And, and, but God's got something bigger at play. And, and, and if you'll listen to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord would not allow them to preach in Asia because He was taking them somewhere else. Ultimately, they came back to Asia on the timing of God. Just as I ask you, do you hear the Spirit of God? Let me ask you this one. What has He forbidden you of? When's the last time the Holy Spirit said, No. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Or is your life just wide open, boom, fifth gear, and you're like, I don't need the Spirit to tell me nothing. <laughs> just made that up, don't try to. What was, what's that app? Gilda has it. Everywhere we go, Gilda, hold it up. She'll recognize, what's that app? Shazam. She'll hold that Shazam up. She goes, huh, Tommy Brandon, I don't need the Spirit to tell me nothing. <laughs> You're not going to find that one on iTunes. But I do think that oftentimes we're living like this. Well, I go to church. I pay my tithes. Man, I'm even in church on Wednesday night. And you're just wide open doing what you want, when you want, how you want, because we justify everything we want by what we do. You know? I'm faithful. I'm committed. I go to class. I do this. I do that. I can just, I can live however I want. And, this, and if you're not hearing the Spirit, you won't hear the Spirit saying, mm, I, I wouldn't take that job. Mm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go watch that particular movie. Mm, I would not, I wouldn't have that conversation. I would slow down a little bit right now. 
hey, uh, you might want to put your antennas up because there's, there's, there's an attack on your life right now. Don't go into that environment. Don't go into that relationship. You may want to cancel that meeting. Believe it or not, the Holy Spirit loves you enough and is such a good friend to you, it will keep you from getting into some stuff that even you want to get into. And it's not always just sin, okay? I'll, I'll, let's mature a little bit. Let's, let's grow up a little bit and not just think about all the stuff we're not supposed to do and all the don'ts, okay? I'm not, yeah, that might apply for some things, but I'm talking about the Holy Ghost wants to get you somewhere that you can't get on your own. I'm telling you, God's idea for your life is so much bigger and so much more of a blessing and so much more prosperous, so much happier than you can even imagine. The Bible tells us that his thoughts are what? Higher. Yeah, his ways are higher. Man, we can't even imagine what God's got in store for us. Some of you that own businesses in this room... Man, God's idea for your business, man, you, you, it would blow your mind. There, I, let, me just, let me just give you an example. You might have this one particular contract that looks really nice for your life. It, it's going to bless you and your family. But if you're not able to hear the Holy Ghost, you can't hear that the Holy Ghost says, you know, by you turning down this contract, you're going to actually receive this contract. Are you willing to trust me? And let me lead you into something bigger and greater than you've ever dreamed of. I ain't even heard that because I got my mind on this. And we settle in life for so much when the Holy Spirit's saying, mm, I've got something better for you. Lazarus, come forth. I want to give you a second chance at life. I want to give you something on this next go around that's going to blow your mind. I want, to, I want you to be preached about in 2015 on August 5th in Fort Worth, Texas, Lazarus. I loved you enough to let you die just to bring you back to life to make you one of the most famous cats in Scripture. God's got you right where He wants you tonight. But when He calls you forth, are you willing to come out and come alive and start listening to the Spirit? Start receiving direction from the Spirit. Are you willing to take discipline and correction from the Spirit? Because God's wanting to take you places you've never dreamed of going, man. But it won't happen if we're just determined to only know the love of God and only know the grace of Jesus Christ and not know the friendship of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're a Christian... If you are a Christian, you have tasted the love of God and the grace of Christ. But not all Christians have tasted the friendship of the Holy Ghost. Now let me close with this. And let me explain that statement. Because this is a statement that gets... <clears throat> or this is a condition, may I say. This is a condition that really causes... A lot of people to stop short from where God's wanting them to go. My good friend, Pastor Rex Johnson in Austin, Texas, uh, he along uh, with, with, with uh, uh, pardon me, I'm slipping. Uh, Rex and I were talking about this about three or four or five years ago. And I was sharing with him what, 
what, what God was, was doing in my life. And, and then it wasn't any time since that that I found myself with. Did I see Brother Patton here tonight? Where are you, brother? I found myself with Brother Patton talking about this. And, and, and when I have people like Rex and, and people like Gordon telling me, wow, that is, man, that's beautiful. It just tells me that, that I'm finally getting there. I'm, I'm getting to a place where I'm seeing things a little clearer. Check this out. When you know the love of God and the grace of Jesus Christ, you can only know that because the Holy Spirit within you has brought you to a place of, you've had a wake-up moment and you've said, I need to change my life. The fancy word is, you've repented of your sins. You've come to your senses and said, I need a life's change and my life's change is going to be giving my life to God. The love of God. The grace of Christ. And that is the, is the working within your life, the working within your life of the Holy Spirit. The goodness of the Lord brings all of us to a place of repentance. It's the love of God. Are you with me? But the coolest thing about it is this. There's another experience in the Holy Spirit that is completely different than that old gentle, loving working of God's goodness. There's an empowerment there is an empowerment that is available and needed for each and every single one of us in this room. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. I've told this funny little story before in my daughter's little picture Bible. When we read through the book of Acts, it has a picture of these old boys in the upper room. And they got fire on their heads. And I'll never forget, both of my daughters says, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> Here's the unfortunate thing. A lot of people want the love of God. And a lot of people, well, they, they, they absolutely love the grace of Jesus Christ. What the cross has done. But a lot of people, when we start talking about this far out entity of the spirit that we can't see and we, nobody really knows what it is and it's kind of, you know, kind of the stories that maybe someone shared with you, it was kind of different and odd. And so many people stop there and say, I'm good. I'm good right where I'm at. I'm good. I just want to be a good guy, go to church and just maybe slide through the back door of heaven. Well, I think that's enticing to most of us if we're really honest. But you know what that's going to let us live this life like? We'll be like Lazarus. We'll be like Lazarus. We'll drift. We'll go missing. We, we really won't have Christ at the center of everything. And what Jesus is wanting to do is call us forth and have us experience this life-changing empowerment where the Holy Spirit's not just working within you and and, and, and helping you. But when it comes upon you. Buddy. Everything changes. All of a sudden. You become a force. In witnessing. You talk about the source and the key to revival. It's the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. If you want your life changed, like I'm telling you, 
If you want your life stripped down, remodeled, and built back in a better fashion than it's ever been before, you need the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible, all throughout the book of Acts, this is what's interesting about this. If you were to study the book of Acts, and I would love for you to do this. I really would love, encourage each and every one of you to study the book of Acts. Every single time, it's rather, you, it's rather cool. Every single time that the Holy Spirit came upon someone in the book of Acts, they spoke in tongues. Now, I didn't, I didn't design that. Uh, Brother Scott, you didn't design that. None of us had anything to do with the design of that. But I'll tell you who did. God did. Because God wanted there to be this moment where you realized that you've been changed. And all of a sudden, when that Spirit of God comes upon you, you're gifted. Everybody say, I'm gifted. Man, aren't you kind of arrogant? What do you mean you're gifted? I set you up, didn't I? But in a way, check this out. We are gifted at that moment. We're gifted with this super natural experience and all of a sudden you are gifted with this prayer language that becomes the greatest sword of your Christian experience that you'll ever know because it will help you pray about things that, you're, that your natural mind cannot pray about it will help you press through night, nightmare experiences that you're Christian disciplines cannot get you through. You're trying to deal with something spiritual by being natural. And whenever you have this spiritual experience in your life, now you can attack it spiritually. This is what the Bible says. Paul says, whenever I've ran out of words, whenever I'm running on empty, when my knees are so tired of kneeling in prayer, and I've gone through every recital of prayer I know. The Spirit of God rises up in me and begins to pray with yearnings. It begins to pray with intercessions. It begins to pray with spiritual tongues. And really what that is, is that best friend saying, Hey, I see that you're kind of getting weary. Let me do this one for you. Everybody say revival. <laughs> it's for us. It's for you. And I close with this tonight. There's a few of you in here that the next two minutes of my time is specifically for you. There's others of you in here that it's not for you. Okay? And you're going to know it's not for you, and I'm going to know it's not for you. But don't steal this moment between a pastor and for someone that it's for. But for my friends that have come from different faith backgrounds, for my friends that you absolutely love Jesus Christ with all of your heart, you're a follower of Christ, but this is new to you. And I say that you're in a church that's not going to beat you up for wondering and asking questions and taking time and exploring. But I do want you to know you're in a church that really knows the difference maker. The difference maker is this experience that I'm teaching about. But no, just rest on this. You'll be ready when you're ready. And when you're ready, God's always ready. And we're here 
to get you there. Because I want you to come out, Lazarus. I want you to come out, man. Because there's life out here in the spirit that the body and the natural mind can never, never experience. Because it's spiritual. What we're going to do over these next few weeks, we're just going to keep teaching this. A few different ways, different angles, different approaches. Because I know everybody learns differently. And once I exhaust all my abilities, what we're going to do is we're going to come into Labor Day weekend. And we're going to have a moment set aside for you to make a choice for your life. You're going to have, an, you're going to have the option of removing some barriers and letting go of all of the hang-ups, letting go of all of the questions. And you're going to request, God, I'm ready. I've heard Pastor Tommy talk about it. I've done my reading. I've done my studying. I've done my praying. I'm prepared. And Lord, I'm just asking you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And then you know what you're going to do? This is how hard it is. Just as you used faith to receive the grace of Jesus Christ, you're going to use faith to receive the baptism of the Spirit. No one's going to rub you on the back. No one's going to pat you on the shoulder. Matter of fact, we're probably just going to let you just stand right there in your pew. Because it's not about where you are and what you do. If that was the case, that's just works-based stuff, man. I'm not into that. What we're into is letting God do what God can do. And us be the recipients of that powerful experience. Let's stand tonight. <laughs> Let me pray for you. I love you so much. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your grace. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, how Paul put it. I thank, you for, I thank you for blessing my life with your love, God. And Lord Jesus, there's so much required of us that have been given much. And I'm one that's been given the spiritual experience. And I am required to teach about it. So Lord, the friendship, the communion, the fellowship of your spirit, I just pray that all of us would consider it. For those that have never taken that step, I just ask you, God, to give them the courage to take the Bible out and just read. Just on their own, go through the New Testament's church birth in the book of Acts and just let them see what, what the New Testament church experienced. And then, Lord, give them the courage to just take their rightful place as a follower of Christ and request that they experience it as well. I pray right now, several weeks out, I stay this prayer in faith that on Labor Day weekend, that so many people in this Wednesday night Bible study will have this glorious experience. And they, too, will come out of their come out of their graves spiritually and then they'll have new life in a way that they never knew was possible. I pray this in Jesus' name and let everybody say amen. amen. Let's clap our hands before we go home tonight. <laughs>